0: Hello and welcome to Needed Conversations. Ryan and Victoria Cole here.
1: Hello. Welcome to this episode. We're so excited that you joined us for these series that we've been doing on communication, which are very important.
0: Yeah, we did a poll on Instagram and this was the number one issue that couples were struggling with. And to be honest, um, it is probably at the the source or the core of every other challenge, right? You know, if you've got adultery going on in your marriage and betrayal, it's probably because there's a lack of communication. Intimacy is communication. Intimacy is knowledge that you pursue one another and pursue knowledge of one another. And so uh, adultery could be rooted in communication. Financial problems, communication. Parental problems, how you raise your children, communication. And so really, if you can learn to communicate with your spouse, and again, the goal is not necessarily to agree on everything. Or
1: to get your way.
0: Or to get your way. (laughs) Um, I I think uh, agreement in terms of having the same perspective or expecting that your spouse is going to have the same perspective, that's probably not going to happen. But agreement in terms of coming to a consensus about the rhythms of your life, you know, the values that you hold and kind of, you know, what the, the solutions are to some of the questions that you have and how you're going to move forward. So that's what this series has been all about.
1: Yeah, you know, we were at our marriage revival, which went super awesome. But one of the statements that you made, which, which really stuck out to me that I think people don't really want to acknowledge that that's the truth is when they get married and on their wedding day it is a celebration of a union, but it's really, there's another thing that's happening, which is two funerals. You said two funerals was like, what, what are you talking about on our wedding day, two funerals? Because you, this is a start of you dying to self every single day. And both of you have to commit to that. Not one, you know, giving everything up, but both of you dying to self to really see how can I serve my spouse? What can I do better? How can I help them? How can I push them forward? And if both of you come to the table with that kind of an attitude, imagine the kind of union that you will experience in the end.
0: Right. I heard Jensen Franklin say that and it stuck with me um, and and I've used that. um, And that's what today's episode is all about. Uh, Communication, but really getting to the heart of communication and that's serving. But before we jump into this conversation, I want to, as always, encourage you to subscribe and like and share this podcast with someone who you think could could benefit from it especially your spouse obviously your spouse but maybe you've got a friend who could benefit from this as well share it with them and always visit moremostforever.com there's tons of resources for your marriage also if you're single you know this is good information for you too as you're dating preparing for marriage we've got resources for every stage of the dating process and in every stage of marriage so Um, go to moremostforever.com. And we normally do this at the end, but I just felt pressed to uh, mention this now. We are a nonprofit ministry. And so everything that we're doing is because of generous supporters, those who uh, give every single month. Some people give $10, $11, and that helps us you know produce content like this publish books print those books it helps us come to cities and bring tours and and host workshops all of those things and our vision is enormous i could go into the depth of of what god has shown us for the years to come and it's going to be because of people who are committed to that same mission of bringing marriage right back to the center of our society because that is how we thrive as a nation, is if marriages are healthy, um, families are healthy, communities are healthy, cities, na- the everything is affected. I could give you statistic after statistic that proves that where um, a marriage is an important factor in a community, everything else uh, benefits because of it, whether that's the economy, the educational system, healthcare, all of these things which are dividing our country politically could be solved if we address the issue of marriage. So that's what our ministry is about. So go to moremostforever.com and hit that donate button that pops up at the bottom of the screen and become a partner. Again, any amount will help support the mission. So yeah.
1: Yeah, we would oh, we would appreciate your support, for, absolutely.
0: Yes, and um, so today's conversation is about the heart of communication. We've been talking about, you know, how to communicate effectively with your spouse, um, and oftentimes we think that that is just with the words that we use. But communication is far deeper than the words that come out of your mouth, it has to do with your posture towards your spouse, mm-hmm. body language. It has to do with the little acts um, throughout the day toward them. It, it has to do with understanding how they give and receive love, what their love language is, and then speaking to them in, that, in the way that they can recognize that you are loving on them. Um, because otherwise, you could be doing a lot of things. You could be using a lot of words, and, and and your spouse is not hearing you. It's like you're speaking two different languages, and and you could have a person speaking German and a person speaking Japanese, and they could both be yelling at the top of their lungs at one another, and yet nobody's understanding a word. You need a translator. The Holy Spirit is that translator, but also you've got to take an initiative to start learning your spouse's language. Men and women speak different languages. And then there are cultural nuances as well, because you were raised slightly different. You know, maybe like Victoria and I, you come from different um, nationalities or backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so language could be a barrier, actual physical language, or, you know, just little cultural things that um, cause misunderstanding in the relationship. But today we're talking about getting to the heart of communication, which is about those unspoken things that you can do to let your spouse know that you're engaged in the relationship, that you care about them, that you respect their perspective, and that you are united as a team. And the key to that is serving,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, it's like what what are you saying when you're not saying anything? Like Ryan said, it's with your body language, and it's really the core of who you are we've heard so many people say like, well, I've been doing this for so many years or so many times I've been doing this and I'm not getting any kind of response. And my response to that person would be like, are you serving out of a selfish motive? Uh, Oftentimes we are wired to automatically give people what we feel, the way we feel loved. For example, like mine is acts of service. So I naturally My, my, just, I'm inclined to give people, you know, acts of services, just do these little things to show them my love. And it's not to say that that's not a good thing, but at the same time, if you don't know what your spouse's love language is, again, it could be just flying over their head and you're over here sweating and like saying, I've been doing this and this and this and this, and it's not effective. It's like, it's like working out and you're supposed to be, you know, doing X, Y, and Z but you're sticking to the same regimen and not, you know, increasing your weights lift or not increasing your time of exercise or not adjusting your food intake. And again, different seasons of life. Like if when you turn a specific age, you know, your body shifts and that's exactly the same thing with marriage. Maybe what worked in one season with your spouse may not work anymore, you know, in the next, for example, like for us, you know, you're newly married, It's just both of you, and you have more attention for one another. But once the kids come along, it's like, you know, women tend to be more, uh, not distracted, but more focused on children and the care of children. And so oftentimes men can feel like they're left out and they're like, hey, I was in it too. the woman can feel like she's drowning. (laughs) Yeah, and the woman can feel like she's drowning because the man is not stepping up and, you know, helping with the tasks. And then, of course, there's this whole disputes about, you know, well, I wasn't, you know, I was not raised this way or I would not want to parent this way. And so there's this other dynamic that's added to it. So it's so important to, you know, from the get go. Learn what your spouse's love language and make sure that you communicate that and say, do you feel loved? You know, what else can I do to show you that I support you, that I care for you? Um, And that's something that you constantly have to do in different seasons of your life. Because, again, with different transitions, your spouse can become a different person. And if you don't address those things, you'll end up being completely disconnected
0: yeah and let's drill down into some of those things that you were talking about because I think that you floated a couple of um, thoughts there. One is that you know how you perceive serving in the yes. relationship could be different. yeah she referenced love language, but let's just take that one that one uh, language, acts of service, right your acts of service may not even be translated as love, even yes. if their love language is acts of service. So uh, the, they say the devil is in the details, which means, and it's true because the book of Proverbs says it's the small foxes that destroy the vines. It's these little bitty um, nuances that you have to address in order to fully get the results that you're looking for. And I know it feels like so much work and and it is a lot of work, but I think once you learn the language, it becomes second nature to you. Yes. It's like learning any language. If I were to go, you know, start learning Chinese, it would be very hard because I would and there's no reference point because it's not a Latin-based language like English or Spanish, which may be a little bit easier to learn. And so when you start trying to learn your spouse's love language, you enroll in the university of your spouse, it's very hard. But after a while, and when you develop a rapport with one another, it becomes second nature. So don't be discouraged if it's tough in the beginning. Um, and you know, I think a lot of times infatuation with one another in the initial stage of the dating process masks a lot of the lack of communication. But when all of that infatuation, those hormones come down, those emotions come down and you're confronted with one another, that's when the real work begins. So you might have been married a year or so and felt like you understood one another. But normally between two to four years, spouses will come to a breaking point where they feel as if I never knew them at all. Yeah. And that's because the cloud of this infatuation has dissipated and now you see the real them and you're also confronted with the real life challenges of paying the bills and keeping the lights on and going to work every day and and feeling drained and children and now you're compounding all of these new things and you never stopped to develop a, a a clear effective communication strategy with your spouse and and so that's one of the things on Instagram. A couple days ago, I posted this and it says, the most effective way to soften your spouse's heart toward you is to serve them. I said, does your spouse have a hard heart? When you get married, you make a commitment to serve one another as unto the Lord. This is what keeps both of your hearts open and vulnerable to one another. If you want your spouse's heart to soften toward you again, think of how to start serving them more and don't do it. Just to get something out of it. Do it unconditionally. And not just for a few days. Make a lifestyle out of serving them. Trust me, it works. Now, we got a lot of likes on this post. But then there were some contentious comments, a few of which I deleted. And I could tell that it came from a place of bitterness, Mm -hmm. right? You know, many people complaining of the fact that they felt as if they were doing all of this work for their spouse... And it was not reciprocated. Now, that's the second point, which Victoria brought up, that I want to hone in on, which is that, uh, you know, acts of service could be different to each person, depending on your perspective.
1: Yeah, hold on. Go ahead, jump in. I'll jump in and say, we actually, one time we counseled this couple, and it was very interesting because it was very eye-opening to me although we've been talking about communication and all that, and they said, well, both of our love languages is the same. It was both quality time, but her quality time was sitting down and actually talking. And his quality time was sitting down and watching a show. (laughs) And it's complete opposites. Like I was like, oh, you have it easy. Both of you have the same love language. And it's like the the expectation of what they want from that love language is completely different because – He doesn't even want to talk. He was like so laid back. He's like, let's not have a conversation. Let's just have a chill night. So (laughs) just understanding that even if you are speaking the same language, making sure that you communicate and says, well, what does that mean to you? When we first got married, uh, one of the challenges that we've had, which we've addressed in previous episodes, was my, you know, English being my second language. And so my vocabulary, you know, as I was adding to it, even though I spoke good English – certain words meant something different to me than it did to Ryan. And so we constantly had to ask, well, what does this word mean to you? And I would say it, and he's like, well, that's not what it means to me. And again, I said before that it doesn't make me wrong about it. It's just my perception and my lens and my upbringing from where I came from, especially coming from a different culture, the way I viewed those words – um, but clearing that up, clearing that up made conversations later on so much easier because you knew exactly what your spouse was saying when they were yeah. saying that word. And that's where naturally it became a lot easier. It's kind of like a well oiled machine. You now learned, okay, this is what your spouse responds to because this is what they said they need. And I have to be intentional about saying, this or doing this because this is the way they feel you know they feel loved. And again like Ryan said, it's not something that you do to to uh get a response back. It's something that you have to do unconditionally for your spouse regardless whether they give you a response or not. And this is where relationship with God is so important because again, your spouse will never be able to fill you up like the Lord will. Of course, our spouses are there for our support, but we need the Holy Spirit. We need God to give us guidance and direction and to heal the places of our own hurt so that we are complete within ourselves and we don't put that expectation on our spouse to fill those places of void. That's where people reach that place and say, I have been doing this kind of stuff and I'm not getting anything back. And of course, every couple's Every couple has individual issues that may be underlined that may need to be addressed. And this is why we encourage mediation. This is something we do, whether it's virtual or in person, we would encourage you to sign up. It's nothing to be ashamed of, but it's something that's really going to help you guys clear up the air in regards to, you know, maybe some issues that you don't know how to resolve within just both of you. Um, And just having that perspective and I'll be there and Ryan will be there. So we say that we don't take sides, but there's also, you know, that representation of the female from the house and a man from the house. And we're not going to take sides, but we want to hear you out. And we want to help you guys create a solution. You make a solution for yourself that you are going to be able to stick to. So
0: because every marriage is unique. If you want to know more about marriage mediation, go to more most forever. There's a banner there. You can click on it and book a session with us. We would love to help you. But as it relates to uh, this conversation, when it comes to serving, uh, you could have two different perspectives of the same outcome. So if you're not clear about that, then you could be expending a lot of energy and and not necessarily uh, impacting your spouse in the way that you think that they should be impacted. Let's take, for example, right? A really traditionally minded man who, uh, for all intents and purposes, believes that a woman's tasks, you know, in the house are her responsibility, especially if she is a stay at home wife or mom. Mm -hmm. And so he works and she's at home. Right. So she sees herself as doing all of these things for him, but they are not accredited to his account or her account because. Uh, He believes that she should already be doing that, right? You know, in Mm -hmm. the same way that maybe a woman feels as if a man should work and bring in the money. You know, now this is a traditional example, but the fact is, like, she could be saying to herself, I'm already serving him, What what more could I be doing and he's not seeing those daily acts of her keeping the house clean and in order and, and all of the things that she is doing every single day as anything special, right? What, what would be serving to him? What would really make him feel as if you are scratching an itch? And I wrote this about serving. Serving is not about tasks around the house. Although that can help on both sides, right? Mm -hmm. Serving is about understanding your spouse's unique need and doing your best to help support them, fill the gaps, and point them to Christ. So those uh, three things is that you understand their unique need and do your best to support them, fill the gaps, and point them to Christ, Now, Victoria said this, and I'm going to reiterate, that serving your spouse should not have a goal to make them happy, right? Mm -hmm. Because your happiness should not be put on their shoulders and vice versa, right? Their happiness should come from Christ, their secure identity and who they are in Christ. And every individual has to reckon with that. You could be doing a lot and your spouse still may not be happy. And then, you know, you could feel inadequate or you could feel it's you and and you you are, are deficient in this or that when they've got to come to terms with their own personal fulfillment in Christ. However, what you can do is recognize their little needs, their unique needs that is specific to them, and you can help support them in their day Help them fill the gap and to point them to Christ. And so I want to move this conversation into talking about, you know, how women can serve their husbands and how husbands can serve their wives. Mm -hmm. In all of this, humility is key. If you're going to have good communication with your spouse, you're going to have to be humble, humble and do things that may not, maybe you don't want to do Mm -hmm. or that don't come naturally to you. But we'll speak to them in the language that they understand, right? Mm-hmm. And uh serving is reciprocal, but it shouldn't be your goal to give to get, mm-hmm. right? But you know subconsciously that you know you're 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 doing this understanding that um the law of reaping and sowing, right? And seed time and harvest, you're investing, investing. And this should be a lifelong commitment to serve one another, okay?
1: Mm-hmm. Anything you
0: want to say before we jump in? No, go ahead. Okay, so let's talk about how women can serve their husbands. One of the greatest needs that men have is sex, right? So maybe you're doing a lot of stuff around the house. Maybe you feel a certain way about all of the work that you're doing, but maybe he feels deprived sexually, right? And it's not that just when he asks for sex, you give it to him, but real serving would be, to initiate sex. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to say? (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, and again, this could be challenging, especially during different seasons of life, you know, where you're sleep deprived and you have kids and all that. But like Ryan said, uh, just being intentional, like we have said before, that sometimes sex is that nonverbal communication. And why men crave that is because they feel comfort, they feel um, things that they may not be able to express verbally to you, and that's why it's not just a physical act. Like we wrote the the whole book, "Spicy Sex," and the first, you know, aspect of sex is, of course, it's satisfactory. God is God made it to be satisfying, but there's just so many other things to it. And I think when you understand that sex is so much more than just the physical act, you won't be dreading it, and you won't be seeing it as oh, it's just something that he needs and I just need to give it to him so he would just be quiet because it's just so much more deeper. So this right. is another way that you can communicate to your spouse. You can communicate to your spouse your hurts, your grief. Um, maybe your husband needs to communicate something. And trust me, when you get on that same page and you have that understanding that sex is just more than just that physical act, you'll start seeing those things. I mean, I've I've already said this before that there's oftentimes a woman is the recipient where she feels the heaviness like afterwards um, maybe it's like a few days after it's like you just don't under you don't know you can't really explain why you feel the way you do but it's literally could be the burden that your husband is carrying and he's not able to express it verbally and you're like the Holy Spirit you're like the prophet in the family household where you're able to sense things even when they're not communicated verbally to you and that's how powerful they are and so just coming with that kind of of a thing in mind that is just not just a physical act it's more than that that your husband is really trying to communicate with you and he wants to be wanted
0: and it's an act of service right and um men that that's a that is one of their biggest needs right because it it um it does a lot more than just that physical act, and we can go into the details of that. But that's that's serving your your uh, husband, wives initiate sex. Number two, be their helpmate. Be their helpmate, meaning help them with their dream, encourage them, spur spur them on when they tell you about their dream, and help them with little tasks toward that. You know, if they're an entrepreneur or they've started a business, how can you help? Pick up the slack and with them. And you know, some of you wives might be thinking, well, what about me? If you're already thinking that, knowing that I'm about to get to the other side of this equation, you're not humble. Right? Because you're still thinking of how you're deprived, not how you can serve. And I know that's a tough pill to swallow, but you know, think about that and, and be humble. Um, number three, think about the little things that can help alleviate stress from your husband's day. Little things might be making sure their water thing is filled up, you know, if they carry a water, or making sure their lunch is packed the night before, or making them coffee before they leave, or, you know, what are, and, and that's so unique to every single man. Yeah, Like, what are those little tasks that can help alleviate the stress from his day? Uh number 4 give them space. Like you think this is serving my spouse absolutely. Husbands tend to be more uh tend to be more internali they let me rephrase that. Husbands tend to internalize things a bit more. They're not always as apt to speak out about it as much as women are. I mean, scientifically, it's proven that women use thousands more words a day than men do. Except me. and Except for Victoria. <laughs> me and her kind of are opposite in terms of that gender stereotype. But nevertheless, um, uh, most of the time, men need space, right? They need space to think. If they come home from work, they don't want to have this long, drawn-out conversation. Give them a span of time, a gap, whatever their hobby is. Give them the space to do it. Let them work out. Let them, you know, whatever, within reason, right? Like if your husband is addicted to video games, that's one conversation. But if he likes to come home and play for about an hour, you know, just give him his space, right? Let him decompress in the way that he knows how. Number five, know their love language. And number six, this is another important one, respect his leadership. Mm -hmm. Respect his leadership. Understand his position as the head of the house and honor the decisions that he is making. Um, Let your voice be heard, which we're going to get to that, Um, but ultimately support him. You know, if he decides, you know, he makes a decision, The worst thing that a wife can do is, I told you so, right? He already knows that, especially if you gave him certain counsel as his wife. So it's not necessarily what he needs to hear. What he needs to hear is, you know what, honey, we'll make a better decision next time. You know, don't point the finger at him because when he makes decisions, he represents the entire family, whether you believe he should have made that decision or not. So respect his leadership, respect his voice in the family. And, um, and yeah, those are the top six things. Anything you want to comment on those?
1: No, those all sound great.
0: So let's go to the women. Men, how can we serve our wives better? Number one, step up and actually lead the biggest gift that you could give your wife is taking the burden of having to lead the family off of her shoulders. It, it Can a woman be in leadership? Absolutely. She can lead in life. And to be honest, if her household is covered, if her husband is actually leading at home, she can lead more effectively in the world. She can lead more strategically on her job or in her community. And you give her that space and freedom because she's not having to think about leading in her home. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest gift that you could give to her in freeing her up. And that means stop being lazy. Get off your butt. Make hard decisions. um, Set a plan in place. Initiate vision and strategy to to envision what your life could be with your wife. Initiate um, marriage enrichment activities because it always seems to be the woman who initiates that. So step up and lead. That's the biggest one. Number two, don't assume that all the household tasks are hers to do. Do your part, right? Whether you come in with a traditional mindset or not. And in in particular, if your wife is working as well, right? She has a business or she's bringing an in income into the house or she's working. She's going to school. She's got other responsibilities. Bear that load, even if she is not the primary breadwinner of the household, right? You shouldn't automatically assume that every household task is hers to do. That means do the dishes from time to time or just do the dishes in general. Let that be your thing. Cook dinner every once in a while um, and respect the order that she's established in the home without complaining or at least agree on an order, now, that's a big thing when it comes to having household rhythms. It's like you got to agree, like, on the little things, like uh, how the laundry is done and where it's put up and the, you know, respecting those things. Like my wife, when she does the laundry, um, I have a tendency, she stacks up my clothing in a certain way. I grab through clothing and the piles look a little bit messy, <laughs> And, uh, you know, that bothers her because it feels disrespectful towards the work that she put in when it would take just as much energy for me to nicely and gently pull out my clothing so she doesn't have to look at the mess, you know. (laughs) Respect the order that she's put in place. Anything you want to add to that, honey?
1: Oh, no, that's a lot. But it's it's all great. One of the things that we said that a a man needs, you know, sex, that's one of his needs. And this is another way men that you can alleviate the stress and the anxiety from a woman's mind is because women tend to be so uh, multitasking that sometimes it brings distraction to where they cannot focus on on a, a specific task. So if you know that at the end of the night, if there's a pile of dishes in the sink or the floor needs to be swept or the trash needs to be taken out and you're over there trying to cozy up to her, That's probably not her top priority is to give you sex because guess what? She knows the next morning she's going to get up. Everything's going to be on her. She's going to have to make breakfast and, you know, and I'm not saying that that's your specific household, but like it trickles into the next day and it affects the next day. So her mind is not going to be there if that's what you want. So step up and don't do it just to get some, okay? Okay. Make it a habit to where it's like, okay, well, we're putting kids to bed. Like, we have a routine now where, you know, Ryan, that's kind of his special time with the kids, and I'll step in there for prayer, and then he tries to get them in the bed while I quickly try to clean up because he gets irritated if I am constantly cleaning towards the end of the night because then he feels bad because he's sitting on the couch, which I tend to be that way, but I have gotten better to what I I start to kind of wind down towards the evening And that space of time where we're getting the kids in bed, whether it's showers, baths, you know, PJs, brushing teeth, that gives me some time to finish up whatever it is that I need to finish up. And then the rest, I got to let go and let God, I'm just kidding, (laughs) most of the time, everything gets perfection. Yes, uh, you you just got to let go and go into the next day. But that way, you have that time to spend together, whether it's to have a conversation, whether it's to watch his favorite show, even though he's going to fall asleep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But just those little things that really help to just Make sure that you have consistency and offer that consistency throughout the day. It's not going to be the same every single day, but having that consistency is just going to give you a peace of mind, going to ease your mind, your spouse's mind, and you're going to be more focused on the next task that you guys are doing.
0: Which brings me to my next point. Um, You segued into that pretty well. Uh, Men, don't make sex all about you, Ask her what she likes and explore her pleasure as well as your own. Um, so oftentimes sex can be about, you know, this, this male pleasure. thing, and, and I know it comes easier to a man, mm-hmm. um, which you should recognize, husbands. So that means you've got to serve her. Serve her in a way where you explore what brings her pleasure and, um, and do that.
1: Because that's actually going to help her initiate the times that yeah. you don't initiate because she's actually going to want to have sex with you uh, rather than feeling like this is just another task that he wants me to fulfill and I'm going to do it and I'm going to fake it like we've had our previous episode. We we're talking <laughs> about faking it. You don't want that. You want it to be authentic. You want it to be genuine and you both want to serve one another in that aspect and both are have that satisfaction in the end.
0: Yeah. Okay. And which brings me to my last point, which is hear her husbands and elevate her voice as the head of the household. It is your responsibility to reinforce her as a parent, you know, with your children, if you have children and to um, help push her and nudge her and cultivate her as a leader and as one who has a voice that should be expressed, not only in the household, but in the world as a whole. And that starts in the household, making sure that she feels heard, that when you make a decision that she's brought in and her perspective is heard on every decision that you make for the family or for the household, you may be the one making the decision or you delegate that to her, um, but she has to have a, a weigh in on every single decision and honor her perspective, never belittle her or make her feel like her perspective is irrelevant or her opinion is irrelevant or she doesn't have the knowledge to speak on certain topics. Men, you have to let go of the arrogance and, and the male ego, the ego and allow her voice to be heard.
1: You know, respect goes both ways. If respect is a big need for men, I would say that you have to show respect as well to your wife. And uh, that means that you listen to her, um, you know, spend the quality time with her. So she feels like you're also caring for her and respecting her in that way. Because what respect means to you may mean something different to your wife. But just making sure that you are allowing her to speak into every decision that you guys are making, um, I think that she will also reciprocate that respect to you and, you know, make sure that you are honored as a leader, not only within your marriage, but also within your family and your household with your children.
0: Right. Um, I was so surprised because I always do research, you know, when we're having a specific topic, I'll just go online. What is kind of what What are people saying about this and I saw many blogs of people talking about this kind of progressive ideology of uh, men. I guess it's uh, number one, we believe that the marriage is complementarian, right? Uh, the maleness and the femaleness is fully expressed in marriage, right? And then we also believe men and women have equal value. Uh, we don't think that that's a controversial or against what you know biblical uh, precedence uh, has, But I was so surprised to hear people say that you shouldn't tell husbands to serve their wives. Like, you should tell husbands to lead their wives, and the wives should serve their husbands. Like, it's all over blogs that I see. And I I understand certain points in that, right? Because I think, to my first point, if you're not leading men men that's the that's the first place that you're serving her but i think it's just this mentality that women are the slaves to men and i think that that should be eradicated right you're not slaves you are partners you are joint heirs in christ you know it has nothing to do with your maleness or your femaleness and you can understand two things can be true at the same time you can understand that that men are the head of the household husbands are rather um and also believe that that men and women hold equal value and weight in the relationship, right? I,
1: there's definitely um, a big difference between true leadership and dominance. I think one of the things that we're displaying is not leadership. We calling it. We are calling it leadership, but it's actually dominance. True leadership is servanthood. Well, you know, I think of all the letters that Paul have wrote uh, has written, and one of the things that really stood out to me, he said, I, Paul, servant first, and then he says an apostle. And if you are, understand true leadership, you understand that you are first a servant. Um, and that's not to say that, that whoever you're serving to, they are the least of, of these, but even Jesus himself, stooped down, you know, even before his crucifixion, and he was over there washing the disciples' feet. Uh, You know, with that kind of a thing in mind that, wow, I am not above what God has called me to do, and that is first and foremost to serve my family, serve my children, regardless of what I feel like, you know, these people think of me. I'm going to do it unconditionally, and I'm going to do it without having to, find or get anything in return that's true true leadership and we think we need to understand the difference between both of these because i think that we uh, we kind of say that this is leadership when it's truly dominance that's what we're displaying is not leadership
0: you're not a taskmaster in your house husband uh, uh so if you want effective communication with your spouse you got to learn the art of serving and being humble about it and recognizing that serving isn't just about these menial tasks around the house, but understanding your spouse's specific need and helping them, supporting them, helping to fill the gaps and pointing them to Christ. Uh, We hope that you got a lot out of this episode today. Uh, Again, support us at MoreMostForever.com on Instagram at MoreMostForever. Like, subscribe, and let us know what you think about this conversation by commenting below.
1: This has been powerful, and we know that there's so much more to unpack, but we'll see you guys next week. Um, Every Monday we air a new episode, so please join us next week for the next episode.
0: All right, see you then.